everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and today it is the second to last social spotlight ever. Maybe ever. I don't know. But I'm not planning to do them next year. So I think this has been a fun year doing the social spotlights, but they've sort of run their course. I've asked a lot of people about social media, and uh, I need to come up with a new feature for next year. Keep things fresh. So hopefully we can go out uh, with you guys still enjoying these. But before we duck out on the social spotlights forever, I have a couple more, and one is with Regan Smith. That's the episode you're listening to now. I put out a call on Twitter for people to give me suggestions on who should be the final couple social spotlights, and Regan Smith gave me the raised hand, waving hand emoji. So I took that as him volunteering for it and roped him into doing it last week at Texas Motor Speedway. So that's where we recorded this, and take a listen. All right, everybody, I am here with Regan Smith. We are in his truck series hauler. Regan, how are you? I'm doing good. I got Jeff Gluck is here for an interview in our truck hauler. This is a good day already. You volunteered. You did volunteer on Twitter. I kind of forced myself on this one, didn't I? Is that is that bad? Is that really shallow of me to uh, force an interview? No, I don't. I don't really view it as forced. I view it. As, it's not like you like invited yourself to a party. I was having. I was just like, hey, who should I do for the upcoming social spotlights? And you're like waving your hand. I was like, okay, yeah, that's yeah, great. Why didn't I think of Regan? Oh, I was high fiving. I thought that was the high five emoji. I thought you were waving your hand like, oh, me over here. Oh, well, no, I was. <laughs> Absolutely, I, and glad to do it. I always, uh, I've always got something to say about everything, so you know that we've been we've been buddies for a long time, and and I think I was actually, I was trying to think back. I believe it was Texas, and I can't remember the year. It had to have been possibly 2012. I think I was a part of your first ever tweet up when those got started, and when kind of the 12 questions era back then. Does that sound about right? Well, I started doing tweet ups. Uh, around 2009, but you were probably one of the first guests to come. So, because you have been on social media for a long time, how how many years do you think you've been on? Um, I, you know, thinking back on it, it's got to be what year did the Brad um pit, or the Brad fire situation on the backstretch at Daytona was? 2000. That could be 2011, maybe 2012. I feel like it was 2012 because 11 was when we were doing the, doing the tandem racing and, and everything there. Um, so I was probably on it dating back to 10, 11, roughly shortly. Did you ever have like a MySpace page before that? I, so admittedly, I didn't have a MySpace page. Um, I do still have an AOL email account though. And I feel like that thing's going to be valuable at some point is, is messenger. I think messenger went away and, and all this other stuff's going away. I feel like the, they're going to actually come to me and that thing's going to be like a, it's going to be the modern day antique. <laughs> you know, we're going to, if somebody wants that, that email we can trade that out as an antique wait do, so you, is it not just an email address that you have but an email address you use like do you give that out to people like oh yeah you know whatever it is regan at aol.com i'm i'm slowly trying to use my me.com account more um but i i can say that within the past week i have given that address out yes oh my god i don't think you should have admitted that that's embarrassing <laughs> so regan um hold nothing back man come on i'm not scared okay well this is something i want to talk to you about because i feel like um Earlier in your driving career, there was times, I always knew you were an opinionated person, but there was a times when you felt like, okay, I can't be as outspoken or I, I you know, um, and I see on social media now, you're, you're one of the first people to put your opinions out there. Like the Martinsville situation, you're live tweeting, analyzing the race saying, this is what should happen. This is what they should do. This is what this means. 
Um, when did you start to feel more comfortable with being so opinionated on, uh, you know, in public manner? I don't know when that really changed. I, I think it start it started changing a little bit during the JRM days for me, uh, but it took until then to even remotely start to get comfortable with that. And then, you know, even then, I still didn't fully understand how to be opinionated and and. I probably couldn't. The one thing I couldn't handle was the backlash when people didn't agree with you or they'd get mad at you. I use the block button a lot, and I still use it a lot now. But um, I, you know, I didn't. I couldn't absorb that very well, and I started to learn how to kind of absorb that. And last year, um, after my JRM time, I started doing a lot more of the TV stuff and and doing a lot more on on Race Hub and different shows like that. And you have to give an opinion there, and a lot of that is off the cusp. You know, we might talk about what we're going to say in the show before we do it but then when you do it live on the shows it's it's completely unrehearsed and basically this is what i'm thinking and and spot of the moment and you're basing it on what somebody else is saying and how you're going to make your point based on that so i started learning even more so then and then this year being out of the car as much as i have and watching these races you know i i don't know i just i like the sport right i love this sport and and i care about it and it's almost to the point now where we've been so pc for so long um, drivers, anybody on down the list that we forgot how to not be PC. And, and it, it's kind of been refreshing to not have to be PC all the time and be able to say what I want to say and say what I'm thinking. And, you know, if I'm wrong, I'll tell you I'm wrong. I'll admit to it and I'll say, hey, I was wrong about this. But if I'm right, then I'm also going to tell you I was right and make sure I stuff that in your face too. So how does NASCAR in the Na- and people in the NASCAR world get drivers who are afraid to speak out or afraid to, you know, not be PC like, how does that happen? Because they're, they're, you know, you can see some of these younger guys come along. They don't want to say anything controversial. Yeah, and you bring up a good point, right? So the younger guys coming up right now, they don't want to say anything controversial. They don't want to do anything that, that's going to shake the apple cart and, and cause them any trouble. Well, we lost an entire generation in my eyes already because of that. And the generation we lost was kind of the post, um, for the most part. There's a few guys that we didn't, but, but for the most part, kind of that post- Jimmy Johnson, Jeff Gordon, when they were Jeff, maybe towards the middle to end of his career, Jimmy towards the early stages of his career, we all watched those guys and and myself included. And we saw how they had to act with sponsors and we saw how important that was. And and the sponsors were really driving the sport back then. And they still are right now. Don't get me wrong. But, but naturally we're seeing some declining numbers there. I think that's the obvious thing to point out at the moment is teams are really scrambling to figure out how to create new ways to market and, and have new partners. Well, as that happened, we lost an era of drivers that said this is how we have to act. You know how hard it is if, if you're brought up through a sport or through a business or an industry and this is how you're taught to act, to overnight flip a switch and act a different way and say, hey, show your personality. Hey, be yourself. Go out there and let people know how you act when the camera's off or when the mic's not in your face or when you're sitting with buddies from high school just hanging out around a campfire or something like that. It's almost impossible. So how I tie that into this new generation is these guys have an opportunity, and I think you, you see kind of a mix of, uh, you know, Ryan Blaney at times, he shows his personality, and he has an absolutely incredible personality, but then there's also times where he doesn't show it and to where he's kind of muted up a little bit and, and kind of just tries to be a little bit polished. Uh, Chase Elliott feels like he's very polished in, in terms of a driver, and, and go on down the list. Bubba, Bubba Wallace, um, he's got a lot of personality, he and he shows that through social media, but but even Bubba, they still have to answer to their partners and to their sponsors. And, and I don't think we're ever going to get away from drivers having to be, to a certain extent, 
polished in terms of that because of the fact that you have to have partners to make race cars go around the racetrack. That's just the fact of what we do. But what I would love to see happen, and, and I think Monster, in my opinion, has really helped this out, is kind of letting these guys open back up just a little bit. Kurt Busch, I mean, he, he says what, he th- what he's thinking. Uh, Dale Jr., uh, and, and given he's retiring this year, but might be the best thing that's ever happened because he's just letting it go, you know, and that's what we need. And, and he's in a different situation. He can get away with that more than other guys, but um, – I, I'm I'm concerned that we got to let those guys show their personalities so that we can learn their personalities. And in order to do that, you know, we can't be handcuffed by the partners that are on the race cars. The partners on the race cars have to buy into it and have to allow it to happen. Well, something else you said. I mean, obviously, one you know that's probably the biggest part of why these guys won't speak out is because um, of the sponsor element. They're afraid to piss off their sponsor and lose a sponsor or something. But um, you you touched on something else that I think they don't like the backlash too you know when fans get mad at them fans boo them or, or disagree with them yell at them on social media you mentioned earlier that you've learned how to absorb some of that criticism better um how, how do you do that what's your what's your secret aside from just blocking people i think i've probably blocked most of them that say anything bad so i don't see it anymore all the, all the ones that are left just agree with me um you know in all seriousness i think you just I, since I'm not driving anymore, it's easier to easier to kind of accept that. And, and I shouldn't say not driving, but I'm not driving full-time in anything currently. It's easier to accept that. And, and you know, I guess if you fire back at, at people, some of the stuff's nasty. There's just pure nastiness out there, and, and you got to understand that on social media. The ones that I like are the ones that give, a, give an opinion. They're not nasty about it, and they can put me in my place. I'm fine with that, or I can fire back. Um, those are the ones that I enjoy. So I've kind of learned to just make sure I read those ones and, and give those ones credit. And if I'm going to say something back to somebody, say something back to, to somebody that's that's doing it in a way that I would do it, and that's respectfully. Um, outside of that, I think it just comes with time and, and maybe understanding the, the social media side of things. I mean, it's uh, nobody wants to be – everybody within this business, for the most part, wants to be liked by – not only their peers but the other people on the outside the people watching the fans the, you know the the folks that are buying tickets to come see us do what we do so you got to be conscious of that and um you know I, I guess everybody just at certain stages in their career finds different ways to handle it and and my tolerance has gone up for it and who knows maybe after that, i might go on some people after this and really see what happens let it loose. Um, so it sounds like twitter and instagram are your main forms of social media do you, do you use any other forms well, I've got my Twitter's linked to my Facebook, um, as is my Instagram. But I'm I'm liking the Instagram right now. I mean, I'm really into that. And the problem for me is I don't have as many people on Instagram. And the other challenge, Instagram is more putting pictures out there and, and videos. And I haven't quite figured out the videos aspect of it yet, of how to make them look good and how to... I always feel like I, I look cheesy and corny when I do them. Like, I, I think that's just human instinct. You're like, oh, that's pretty cheesy and corny. And then I'll watch somebody who's really good at it. Um, like we were talking about it a minute ago, Lewis Hamilton, I think, is one of the best at it. I'm like, wow, he just looks cool at everything he's doing, which he probably is just cool at everything he's doing. That's just his personality. But um, but I, I really enjoy Instagram. And, you know, Twitter's always going to be there. Oh, I mean, it might not always be there. Five years from now, it might not be there. But, but uh, Twitter, to me, is the quickest one to just – pop off something and say it and, and get it out there right away and and um I, those are really the only three that i mess with i don't even look at the facebook i don't have a personal facebook account if that's believable or not i literally don't have one other than the the one that's linked to my racing thing so snapchat's not a thing for you 
I've tried it, and I know that the kids now, like you keep hearing everybody saying, oh, you're on Twitter? Oh, nobody gets on Twitter anymore. Everybody uses Instagram and Snapchat. Well, I just don't get Snapchat. I, I have tried. I have used it some. And, you know, I know everybody says how, how great it is. I don't get it. And, and What don't you get about it? I just don't get what's so good about something that's there and then it's gone. And, and you know, I'm not going to – it's hard for me. It's hard enough for me to, to look at my phone and remember to video something that I think is really cool. And it's even harder if I'm just going to video one quick snip and send it to one person or two people or pick and choose who I'm going to send it to or send it out to everybody. Like, it just it's, – it's a lot of work almost. And I guess to, to Instagram's credit, the one thing I like about that is I can just – it's a little more natural for me. So um, this is something that I, I had thought about asking you, um, and, and I really – I probably should have asked more people this year, and I haven't at all. But you have two young kids, and, you know, eventually they're going to grow up in a social media age. Have you thought at all about how you'll handle your kids being on social media eventually? Well, I'm going to build lead walls in my house that block everything out, and therefore they're not going to – if they get on the Internet, it's, I'm going to dictate it. I'm going to be the dictator of my house. Um, and, and that's just how it's going to have to be. No, I mean, it, I joke about that. You're not going to avoid it, right? Kids, that is that is the era kids are going to grow up in, much like computers. Like, my wife's brothers are younger than me, and, and I think they're 10 and 12 years younger than me, something like that. And they grew up in that computer era more, more so than me and, and spend a lot of time on their computers. They both work in the computer industry, and the things that they say and the conversations I have with them, I, I can't even begin to understand. And, and I'm afraid that it's going to be the same with with my kids that the things they're going to see and know and understand um i'm not going to have a way to to fully comprehend that and and it's not going to make sense to me necessarily but with that said you you know i'll pay attention to what they're doing and pay attention to the the places and the things that they're doing online without being too much of an invasive parent if you want to call it that and and you know i think as a parent it's my job to teach them right from wrong and and if I do my job teaching them right from wrong, they're going to do the right things on social media and uh, try to not let them make a fool out of themselves when they're on there at some point or another. Not, don't do something you're going to regret five years from now. And I try, if I post pictures of them, which is, this is also a challenge too for parents right now. When you post a picture of your kid on social media, it's still going to be there 10, 15 years from now. Somebody's going to be able to find that. So you want to be a little cautious about that. It's not like a family photo album, like, oh, look, little Timmy's in the bathtub. It's so cute. Ha ha. It's funny. Well, if little Timmy's in the bathtub and, and you know, 100,000 people can see him and they can have access to that same picture that you just popped up there, what's going to happen when little Timmy's 18 years old and he realizes that picture's still floating around there? Like, So you got to be, you know, a little conscious of that stuff. I try to be conscious of it, but at the same time, um, I'm going to brag a little bit and say I got two damn cute kids, so I like showing them off. No, that's a good point. And, and it's also, you know, I, I, when you were talking there, I was thinking about, man, you know, someday if I have kids and they're going to look at my accounts and tweets and I'm thinking, oh, I wouldn't, there's some of the stuff I tweet now. Like, I don't know if that I'd want my kids to see that. And, um, you know, just, you know, I get mad or something on social media and they're someday if they're a teenager, they're going to be like, dad, why, why did you say this about this race? You know, you can search tweets and things like that. Do you ever worry about anything that you've said or your kids finding? I try not to say anything that I'm going to regret later. And, you know, sometimes you'll pop off on the mouth and, and just put something out there quick. And, and there's that rare occasion where I'll go back and delete something and then I'll have to delete it on this account and then that account and then that account. And then I know it's still out there. And there's sometimes I'll put something out there. I, I, I'm really bad about this. I'll sit there and type something and I'll read it. 
and then I'll delete it, and then I'll type something else. Like, if I put everything that I typed out there, then I would have a problem with that. I don't think I put too much out there that, I've, you know, that I'm not willing to answer for later or down the road. Um, but I'm sure there's going to be questions. And, you know, to your point, I'm, you know, you're a married man now and, and probably looking at kids in the future, as you said, someday. And, and it's it's something I think about every day is, whoa, how, you know, how do I answer to them? How, what's, what, what do I say to them if they ask me this question about this or about that? And, um, I, I guess the other way I kind of handle it is I'll, I'll hand my phone to somebody sitting next to me. I do this more than, than anything. If, if I'm using my phone for whatever social media it is, whether it's my wife or a friend or just whoever's close by, and I'll say, Hey, read this. This makes sense. Or, Hey, read this. Is this funny? You know, so I'll try and screen them before I put them out there. Is this offensive? Is this going to piss this person off or piss that person off? And, and, you know, I, I think sometimes if you're, when you're worrying about is this going to piss that guy off or, or make this guy mad, you also got to take into account, okay, this is somebody that's my friend, so they're going to understand that I'm giving them a hard time. They're going to understand that this is what I'm doing here. And, you know, and I think that goes for, for most situations. Um, lastly, what is something that NASCAR can do better, maybe as an industry or a sanctioning body? You can take this at whatever direction you want. Drivers... What's something NASCAR can do better on social media to uh, have an impact with today's audience that they desperately need to attract? Wow, that's that's a deep question, Jeff. We could probably do another 15 minutes on that alone. Uh, you know, I think to to answer that correctly, you got to think about where social media is going to be, not right now, but five years from now, and, and how invasive it's going to be. And, and, you know, I guess the, the one thing I would say is is probably we got to be less reactionary and, and be a little bit more ahead of the curve on things. I feel like a lot of times we do something and it's as a reaction to something else good that's happened. And, you know, and we've gotten better about that stuff. Um, but originality, and, and I'm guilty of this, you know, I have a hard time being original on there, but, but there's some things that are very original. Um, some of the stuff Bubba's been doing lately, I think is very original and, and I'll give him credit where credit's due on that stuff. Uh, so finding new ways to be original and, and, you know, social media, it's evolving so quick. I mean, it's almost, I don't want to call it an organism, but it's almost what it feels like as, as it's evolving and as it's changing by the day. And, and it's tough to keep up with. I mean, you got people, companies with, you know, hundreds of thousands of people working for them trying to keep up with it and they can't even. So I, I wouldn't necessarily expect us as an industry to keep up with it every day, but um, just continuing to be fresh and new and, and what those fresh new ideas are, I don't, you know, I don't know how how far do we want to take it. You know, do we want to be social media and why we're in the race cars? I mean, maybe so. Maybe we need to. Um, I, I think as a general guideline, I think that the more we can give fans, the better it's going to be. And and rather that's, you know, heart rate monitors in the race car, rather that's letting them see tire pressures real time, and, and letting them feel like they're making the same decisions as a crew chief. There's a there's an, a section of the fan base that would love that stuff. There's a section of the fan base that doesn't care about that stuff, that just wants to, you know, be here for the event, and, and it just happens that there's a race going on in the background, then, then that's cool. So um, if we can find ways through social media to kind of tailor to each of those individual groups, I think that would be good. It's a good thought. Well, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. That was a quick 15 minutes. It was, definitely. <laughs> thanks, Jeff. All right, everybody, so there you have it. I appreciate Regan Smith volunteering to do the social spotlight and – as I mentioned earlier, there is just one more social spotlight, and that will be coming next Thursday as we get ready for Homestead Miami and Championship Week. I have a special idea for that. 
um, involving some fans. I think that we have gotten a lot of perspectives this year, but not the fan perspective. So I'm working on something special for next Thursday's Social Spotlight. Now, of course, the season is getting ready to end, and then it's going to be Black Friday and Cyber Monday and all these uh, crazy things with the holiday shopping season coming up. And if you happen to be shopping on Amazon.com during this holiday season and you wouldn't mind starting your shopping with the link jeffgluck.com slash Amazon, I would appreciate it because that would help me and this website continue to operate a lot of you have been using my link this year, and it's of no extra cost to you. All you do is before you go to the Amazon homepage, you just type in jeffgluck.com slash Amazon, and then it takes you to the Amazon homepage, and then Amazon gives me a commission through their affiliate program. So that has helped uh, this year with some expenses in everything from toilet paper to laundry detergent to Kleenex, whatever money um, I don't have to spend in real life, I can put back in toward my race travel and making the website better and things like that. So I appreciate all of you who support on Amazon. So that's all for now. Off to Phoenix International Raceway later today. Stay tuned for a post-race podcast Sunday night after the Phoenix race, where we will talk about all things Phoenix and start previewing Homestead. So I hope to talk to you then. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.